0: Coming to you from that once-forgotten artery that pulses through the center of the continental United States and into the heart of the Ozarks, Grace Matthews. Looking in from the northern border, our Canadian friend, along with his countrymen, feeling the effects of U.S. political issues, Connor Murphy.
1: Welcome to Dueling Dialogues, episode 11. I'm Connor Murphy, here with Grace Matthews. Hi, Grace. How are you doing today?
2: I'm great, Connor. How are you? Oh, I'm doing
1: good. I'm doing good. Finally, the the temperature's uh, cooling off a little bit, so, you know, it's it's a little more comfortable these days.
2: Well, it's very cool here, and it's not supposed to be.
1: Yeah, it's been odd there, hasn't it?
2: It really has. It's been a very cool summer, and as you well know, I like it hot. I like to get in the water, and... I know that it's been very warm in your region, and you like it cooler, and it got me thinking about how we all live where we want to live, for the most part, for various reasons. Right. And that's kind of the theme of the day. Oh, good.
1: Because I really have no idea what we were talking about today, honestly.
2: Well, a practical look at immigration.
1: Okay, because I thought originally we were going to talk about nukes, and then I got no links or no sources from you, so I was kind of wondering. Well, what's a good reason
2: for that. Well, I'm very concerned about the nukes, because I believe that Kim Jong-un is planning to release um, another weapon this weekend. What particular weapon or missile, I don't know. So I'm pretty sure come Monday, we'll be talking about nukes and Kim Jong-un again. Okay. However, I received a press package, mysteriously, yet perfect timing, oh, about wait. immigration. And um,
1: Wait, from, from who?
2: The United States Census Bureau. And,
1: and you, so I you have, ordered
2: that? No, no, I didn't order it. But I do believe it, it. it's very telling that we are beginning to get on the radar. Okay. Our podcasts are being noticed by someone. All right. Huh. As there's been several little hints that we're getting and gaining some attention. Tell me we'll more. We'll take it. We'll
1: take it. <laughs> Tell me more. Uh,
2: I will, but first, there's some breaking news I'd like to talk about. Okay. Uh, magnitude 8 quake was reported this morning off the coast of Mexico. So far, it has, there are confirmed 32 deaths. Wow. Um, So our heart goes out to those people in Mexico. It's along the Mexico-Guatemala border. Unfortunately, that death toll will probably rise over the next coming days and weeks. Um, Also, the House approved a $15 billion Harvey relief package. It also raised debt ceiling Temporarily for three months as part of a deal that President Trump made with the Democratic leaders. That's another issue I'm sure we're going to explore further over the coming days and weeks. Okay. Um, The Hurricane Jose, which is behind Irma, has also reached Category 4. Hurricane Irma will be hitting land at at least a Cat 4. It is only two miles short of a Cat 5. Wow. The Keys are already beginning to feel uh, the winds. You know, they're not sustained yet, but they are feeling it. Uh, Another piece of breaking news is the DOJ is declining to charge Lois Lerner in the IRS scandal. I do not have any more details on that, but it's certainly interesting Mm -hmm. as to why Trump's DOJ office would not charge her. Interesting. We will hopefully have some more information about that next week. Uh, Just moments ago, it's reported that country music star Troy Gentry has died in a Pennsylvania helicopter crash. Oh, wow. Wow. That's very sad. So it is. uh, I'd like to start this by saying we have the Hurricane Harvey victims on our minds, the potential victims of Hurricane Irma, and the victims of the devastating earthquake in Mexico. Our thoughts and prayers are with those people, and I know you will send them beautiful light, Connor. Because we'll that's be what sending do. some.
1: We'll be sending some peace, love, and light to a lot of people today. Thoughts and prayers are with you all.
2: Okay, a practical look at immigration. As I stated in episode ten, immigration is entirely separate from DACA. The twelve million illegal immigrants and the issues they imposed upon the country is distinctive from the unique. Vetted individuals that comprise the group of eight hundred thousand we refer to as Dreamers. Without proper broad legislation to combat illegal immigration, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, the United States will quickly grow from its three hundred and twenty resident three hundred twenty million residents to five hundred million. A population of 500 million would surely strain our resources and human services. The two sides of the political spectrum use opposite reasons to support their particular logic. Liberals believe we are humanitarians first and will figure out a way to take care of everyone or Else, the lower class will simply need to live less comfortably to accommodate the influx. In contrast, conservatives wish to limit immigration in order to maintain the current quality of life, particularly for the middle class. My dad always compared immigration to a family. He believed couples should not have more children than they could handle financially, emotionally, and spiritually dad was a staunch republican nevertheless his argument on immigration was amazingly a middle ground common sense blueprint for responsible parent country country in other words by all means allow immigration and refugees but at the same time maintain the standard of living and ensure a safe environment and freedom for emotional and spiritual growth. In the Republic of the United States of America, that means thoughtful legislation. I remember when I was young and more liberal, I wanted to adopt a couple more children, besides the three I had. I already had two adopted children and one biological child. Dad asked, Sis, do you want to do a great job raising the three kids you have or offer a mediocre life to five children? You see, there really isn't a wrong answer. But one can argue there is a better right answer. I chose to offer more to less children, and thank goodness because life threw some curveballs towards my family in the way of illness and death. Needless to say, more children would have meant emotional and spiritual neglect because in the wake of illness, There wasn't anything left. From a daughter to a dad, I say thanks. You were right, and I love and miss you every day. There are many that would disagree with my dad, even call his approach cruel, since our nation, like my family's worst, is better than the immigrant or foster child's best. I admit, it's hard to argue with the analogy. However, we aren't psychic. So we can't predict the future, and we all know there is a breaking point in families as well as countries. In fact, most nations around the globe, and many no longer in existence, have met that brutal demise. And I'm sure they did not believe their collapse was possible, let alone imminent. Sometimes we must make hard choices in order to perpetuate. This is the reason our founders demanded this new country would rule by law or leg- legislation, not emotion. And in the event an issue needed clarification and perhaps a bit of emotion, where in a place where why matters, this nation would call upon the mother of all mothers, Lady Liberty, the maternal reasoning trusted to the judicial system. Finally, the executive branch would conjugate the two and unify the country. Immigration policy tests every fiber of the system and profoundly affects each individual citizen. It's hard to imagine a more difficult issue. Unfortunately, this is not simply a humanitarian matter. Embedded within is human and drug trafficking, terrorism, and other undesirable life-threatening problems. Yes, often these potential causations leave innocents vulnerable and abandoned. Still, we must weigh the risks and reward. These potential dangers rank high on the current president's list of criteria in the formation of new permanent legislation and implementation. President Trump wishes to create a strong barrier between the United States and Mexico deport criminal aliens in sanctuary cities for illegals, and enforce current employment laws that prohibit hiring undocumented immigrants. Trump has other ambitions as related to immigration, but these are at the top of his list. The theme for Trump is safety and jobs. This ideal is not terribly radical. Currently, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, an estimated 12 million illegals live in the United States. In 2012, 51% of immigrant households reported using at least one welfare program. The cost of health care for uninsured illegal aliens is a staggering $4.3 billion a year, driving up insurance rates and health care costs for all Americans. Combined federal, state, and local services for undocumented immigrants cost taxpayers an estimated $113 billion a year. Education costs alone for the children of illegals is over $52 billion each year. English as America's language is eroding, as driver's licenses, election ballots, and even citizenship ceremonies are now offered in dozens of languages. Illegals with state-issued driver's license and stolen Social Security numbers can easily register to vote in U.S. elections. Households headed by illegals receive an estimated $2.5 billion in Medicaid benefits each year, as well as $1.9 billion in programs such as food stamps and free school lunches. Government data shows 1.6 million legal and illegal immigrants settled in the US in 2015. I would like to interject a thought. Be careful with the lives of others. It isn't always our place to find a route to happiness for others. I'm often reminded of this when I go to the local workshop for people with disabilities. My special needs son works there. These fine people always take my breath away, as they seemingly have so little. Yet, as a whole, their happiness far exceeds others I know. Our things, or possessions, often create problems. Would most immigrants be happier at home if they felt safe? Wow. Uh,
1: uh, Where do I even start on that? You, You got that bunch of data from that press package?
2: Well, you know, I got the data, yes, from the press package. Obviously, my stories are my own.
1: <laughs> right. Um, it,
2: it is earth-shattering. It's, a, it's difficult because you do have innocent people wrapped in, in a problem that really often endangers our safety and our financial stability. Where do you
1: draw the line? we we'll currently have systems in place, but those systems are overwhelmed on both sides. It doesn't matter what side of the border uh, we are on, north, south of the border. We're, we're both seeing those stresses right now. In a similar sort of fashion, I mean, there's the Buffalo Shuffle people, and which is now turned into the Rocks and Road Run. Those people are always going to be doing their their rounds across the borders they don't have a country currently they have nothing to go back to
2: yeah and that's speaking of refugees right now immigrants
1: well wait one second they do not actually uh, what was it 87 percent do not meet um the true definition of a refugee because they are, are not in any immediate danger if they went back home they just have
2: nothing Well, let me throw this out in the mix of what you're saying, because except for certain situations, any country could create a package of laws that could move their country towards the model set by the United States of America and Canada. Any country could. Now, people flock here. People want to come here. I know they complain once they get here a lot, but they want to be here. I have, before I had my children, I traveled to Mexico to the ruins a lot. Uh, it was before, it was while the the um, drug lords were primarily still further down in South America. So it was a little bit safer to travel to Mexico then. And... It is a beautiful country. The resources are so plentiful, yet they rape and pillage the people. I had a driver once, Jesus, and he was fabulous. Jesus lived in a small hut with his three brothers their siblings, and their children. They all worked. Jesus had been a driver since he was 14 years old, had made enough money to buy his own car, yet he could not afford better than to live with his entire family. He was dynamic. I I would send him gifts of, like, blue jeans. You know, blue jeans in Mexico was, you know, Quite a fabulous thing to to have, but the potential in the country of these hardworking people, this fabulous land with awesome resources, is there. They could have what we have. Many of the res- refugees that are having to leave Syria complain that they don't want to go to another country. They want to be safe on their home soil.
1: Right. I mean, who wants to leave their home soil? Nobody.
2: There are reasons. Like I said earlier, you live where you live for reasons. I live where I live for reasons. You know, I would even go where it's hotter. But I got family ties. That's my individual reasons You love where you're at. You love the climate. You love the beauty. You know, I'm sure there's more things I don't even know that you love.
1: Right. Yeah. But you live there for a
2: reason. If somebody ripped you from that place that you call home, how would you feel? How would you feel if you just felt you had to leave it?
1: How comfortable is your couch?
2: (laughs) Pretty comfortable. Pretty comfortable.
1: Okay, good. I'll be all right then. I have a good couch here, too. So if you needed to just n- north of the border, you can always come down here. we got palm trees down here.
2: I love that. I really do love that. So among the changes that the president wants to make, he wants to construct a border barrier with Mexico. We're you back know, to the, the wall. wall. We're back yeah. to the wall, you know. And we all know that there's many places that an actual wall would not be reasonable. But a wall means a fence sometimes. Other times it means a wall. Other times it means a human shield. Sometimes it means technology. But a better border barrier. That's not just to keep the illegals out. It's also to help keep the drugs out of the country. Because primarily... Most of the drugs in the United States it's still believed is coming across that southern border that I'm sure that there are a lot of people that could argue about that you know that we now have a lot of drugs coming in from China and elsewhere but the belief is even if they're coming from another country that might be the route. so we've got to hand him that I believe then a temporary ban on admissions from Muslim countries until we are able to vet out radical Islamic terrorists. That's a difficult one.
1: Well, it is because what's a Muslim country? There's Muslims in every country.
2: Well, so that's, that's true.
1: What What is the classification of of a Muslim country then?
2: Well, actually the Obama administration created a list of seven countries. A label. And that is the, Exactly. Exactly, okay. and and I agree. It doesn't help our homegrown radicalized terrorists. I mean, it, it, this ban would not help that problem. Okay. You know, we still have people born in the United States that may or may not originally be Muslim, I mean, that are later radicalized on the web or through their travels, and they become terrorists. That doesn't answer that issue. So I have mixed emotions about that. I, I don't know. And we still have the problem. What do we do with the $12 million undocumented illegals that are already in the country.
1: I guess that depends on whether they are a strain or a complement to the country. Like, are they a contributing group?
2: Which are would they... be a case by case.
1: Exactly. Which that's going to take some time to go through 12 million people.
2: All right. But for sure, we have to have legislation. I mean, pretending they don't exist which I think is what has happened a lot in the past, is just denying it or pretending it's not a problem. And so legislation never happens because it's very difficult legislation. It is not a clear-cut party issue. There are people, there are purists in each party that believe everybody, on the liberal democratic side There are purists that believe everybody should be allowed in. It should be an open border. We should become part of a global community. Then there are purists on the Republican or conservative side that believe no one should come in. And everyone that is here that did not come through the so-called front door should be ousted and sent back to their home country.
1: Wow. I can hear the far left screaming from here.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it rests somewhere in the middle. You know, there has been and we got to have a better front door policy like we did with Cuba. There is no group of people that has been more successful in the United States than the Cubans that came through the front bo- door when the Castro regime became so Castro like so communistic. They're a group of people that have been very near and dear to my heart because they didn't want to leave their beautiful country. Before right. Castro, it was an amazing country. You know, again, much like Mexico, resources, they grew things, they celebrated, they had wonderful arts and entertainment, and um, they have a real culture. A real culture and and really kind of a melting pot there. During the founding of America, that became one of the first melting pots. You you have Cubans, natural Cubans, that are many different skin colors and many different cultures. So they were all melded together beautifully. And of course Castro ruined it all. And Raul is just an extension of his
1: brother. But Castro wasn't as, war, as bad or, you know, not even close to being as, as bad as some of the other communist rulers. So I, I, I don't know if you can even compare them to other rulers and other countries. It, it was fairly relaxed and they were allowed to carry on most of their cultural traditions I think it's a a deeper subject, and it's not just as cut and dried as it looks from the outside. There's still a lot of other things to consider. Immigration is definitely, um, you know, big in the news. It's not going to change. It's only going to get worse as as time goes on and world population grows. We're going to need to put a lot more dollars into immigration and some of the border services. So those kids out there you know right now wondering what they want to want to do in school or what's going to have a good future in them I, I tell you border control anything to do with border control is going to be big or humanitarian services because we don't have a choice these are not choices that the United States or Canada made we made a good place to live and people that don't have a place to live really they're dreamers and yeah. they they what do you do? You, you tell your kids to follow your dreams.
2: Yeah. And in some places, that is nearly an impossible feat.
1: All right. We agree on that. We do.
2: We don't always agree, but life's a journey. And we're all in this together. Thanks for listening. Godspeed to all the natural disaster victims. Godspeed, Connor. Godspeed to all of our friends out there.
0: And Godspeed, Grace.